0: Okay, I'm just going to quickly hand over to Chris. Um, he's going to share the, the word with us this morning, but I'm just going <laughs> to quickly pray for Chris. And then I'm going to hand over to him. So Father, this morning, we want to thank you for Chris and the word that you've laid on his heart for us as a congregation. May you receive what he has to say for us, Father. And Holy Spirit, come and speak through him. Come and encourage him. Come and lift him up this morning as he shares. I pray against any, any anxiety or any fear of speaking, Father, that this would be you speaking through him. Amen. Amen. Uh,
1: morning, everyone. Um, so I think there's, some, there's a line that's been coming through for quite a few weeks now, and that's holding the line, and there's a war coming. So I think it's quite important that we, we hold the line with each other. So if there was a topic or a title that I'm going to be sharing this morning, it's the rise and fall and the rise again of faith. Um, so I'm going to have a look at the Israelites as they were coming out of Egypt, where their faith was exceptionally high. So this would be the rise, where we can see the amount of miracles that they saw with the parting of the sea, where God provides um, the food and water for them, and He guides them day and night in the desert. So a trip that was supposed to be short, obviously turned into 40 years. Um, And during that time, if we have a look at Exodus 16.4, we can see where God provides food. So then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go each day and gather enough for that day. I mean, you can think if we had to see that, we would, our faith would be quite strong if bread was raining from the sky. Okay, Exodus 17.6. We can see where uh, water is provided. So, and he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites... No, that's the wrong one. 17.6. That's seven. Uh, Okay, so 17.6 says, uh, I will st- I'm will i going to stand there in front of you on the rock of Horeb. When you hit the rock, water will come out of it and people will drink. Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. So we can see that that's a stage where their faith must have been very high. They, they're seeing miracles and they're living God's promise. But then they start grumbling. So as time goes on, 40 years becomes long and they start grumbling and becoming impatient and they start losing faith. So this is where the start of the fall. Um, So the Israelites started worshipping other idols. They put their faith in the wrong places. And you can see that things started going worse. They lost their faith and they started questioning God. So Numbers 21, 4 to 6. We can see they traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Um, sorry, let me just get back to. Those. So we can see that they started losing faith, and when you start losing faith, and you're being tested at the same time, that test is never going to get easier. If you don't have faith when you're going through tests, it's just going to make it more difficult. Um, so we can see the Israelites losing faith in the desert. It just didn't get better. It got worse. Um, And if we think about it, if we take a time and we pray for patience, there's oftentimes that God can give us patience, but He can also put us into situations where we need to learn patience. It's the same with courage. He can give us courage where He can put us in spaces where we've got to be courageous. Faith is the same. God can give you faith, but He can also put you in places where He tests, where you need to grow your faith to get through the tests. Uh, There's a saying that I read, it says, Sometimes when you're in a dark place and you think you've been buried when in actual fact you've been planted. So if we have a look at the Israelites losing faith, it didn't make it easier. It made it harder and it was difficult for them to see what God was trying to do for them and through them. Um, so there's a, there's a discovery clip on YouTube that I want to play quickly. Then um, while we're putting it on, and before it starts playing, I want you to have a look at the clip and see at what point... In time, if faith was lost, it would have been the end. Okay, so it's a short two minute clip. A snake's eyes aren't very good, but they can detect movement. So if the hatchling keeps its nerve, it may just avoid detection. So you can clearly see where, at that specific moment, if that iguana lost faith, it was finished. But it pushed through, it got faith, and it got out. So we need to realize that before we condemn Israel, and we we can admit that we do the same thing, we get impatient with the trials that God gives us, um, that He actually uses to grow us into His image. We get angry because of those situations, and those are actually the situations and the key moments that God uses that to make us more like Him. there was a saying that I, that I heard as well. It's sometimes you are so focused on the future that you don't realize you're in the middle of what you used to pray for. So it's quite, faith drives us. Faith is what we can use to keep us going. Um, but sometimes we do get tired of waiting for God to fulfill his promises. So oftentimes we miss that we're living in that at the moment. We complain about our circumstances. We exaggerate trials. We minimize the blessings that God gives us. So when things start to suck, do we lean on our faith or do we lose it and lean on other things? And so when the Israelites were going through this time, they approached Moses for help. So God gave a solution, but instead of just removing the snakes that God sent them with a the venom, um, if we look at Numbers 21:8. So instead of removing the snakes that God sent to the Israelites, he gave them a symbol. So 21-8 says. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. Um, And then Numbers 21.9, we can see, so Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. And this is where the rise of faith begins um, for the Israelites. So there's seven things that I want to have a look at quickly of God's solution that He gave to the Israelites. The first one is, it was supernatural, but strange. So the Ten Commandments says, do not make graven images. And then Moses goes and makes a snake. Um, So obviously, I think the Israelites must have thought he was completely lost his mind because they would be aware of the snake and Eve in the story. But it wasn't Moses' image that was made. It was God that told Moses to make it. Something that we need to realize is that skeptics always think that miracles are crazy because they don't believe in God's power to do miracles. So even though God didn't remove the snakes, instead He created a substitute snake that didn't have any venom. If we look at, um, so basically, God took what was deadly and He created a symbol of life out of it. So one Corinthians 1.18 says, "For the message of the cross is foolishness. No, sorry. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God." Uh, The second thing I want to look at quickly is God's solution was singular. It was the only option for the Israelites. It wasn't that they can look at the... All they needed to do was look at the snake in faith and be saved. Apart from the cross, there's no cure for us for sinners. All we need to do is look at Christ crucified on the cross, and that's the Savior for us. Uh, The third thing I want to look at is God's remedy was sufficient. So they just needed to look at the snake. They didn't need to buy oil and rub oil on themselves and then give sacrifices to the snake. They didn't need to create a snake, put it in their tent, and pray to it every day. All they needed to do was have faith, look at the snake on the pole, and be saved. The same way as the cross. The cross is enough for us. The cross is enough for sinners. We can't add anything. We don't get saved by our good works. We get saved because Jesus was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. The fourth thing I want to look at quickly is God's remedy was sweeping. So, Numbers 21 8, it says, it says something. Okay. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and be lived. Oh, sorry, look at it and be cured and live. So, because it was sure, it cured all who had the faith to look. All they needed to do was look at the cross, it was a sure remedy. The next thing I want to look at is God's remedy was simple. There was no calling on coals. There was no walking on glass. There was no mantra that needed to be recited. There wasn't a podcast that you needed to listen to that says, cure for the snake bite in seven ways. All you had to do is look and live, accept it, and be saved. So the seventh thing I want to look at is God's remedy was self-effacing. No one could take credit. You can't boast because you looked at a snake. You can't It sounds crazy, you can't say it was me. You can't boast that you fasted in good works to be saved. You just need to realize that you can't do it on your own. You can't cure yourself. It's Jesus on the cross and pointing to him is what cures us. Uh, Spurgeon said, God promised if I looked, I would live. So I looked and I live. So in spite of the blessings, um, the many blessings and the miracles, we still moan and lose faith. But God supplied the solution for us. And that's Jesus on the cross. Um, sorry, I was see here. So God didn't remove the snakes. He provided the cure for the for the Israelites. Um, and that's basically who he who looks at Jesus on the cross and accepts what he did for us will be saved. Um, there's no good works before healing from the bites. If we look at John 3, 14 to 16, it says... Okay. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, okay, the last thing I want to look at is Hebrews 11, which is, is very much about faith. So Hebrews 11 verse 1 It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And if we have a look at Hebrews, the rest of Hebrews, we can see that in the chapters it goes, by faith we understand, by faith Abel offered God, by faith Enoch was taken up, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham obeyed, by faith he went to live, by faith Sarah received, by faith Abraham when he was tested, by faith Isaac blessed by faith Jacob went dying, by faith Joseph, by faith Moses when he was born, by faith Moses when he was grown up, by faith he left Egypt, by faith he kept the Passover, by faith people crossed the Red Sea, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down, by faith Rahab, by faith Moses can lead, by faith Johnny can walk and run, by faith we can hold the line together and win the battle. So it doesn't matter what position you hold. You just have to know and trust in God. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to keep your faith and push through. Um, And so we need to realize that faith is not for Andrew alone, or Maritz, or Mike. Faith is for all of us. God loves us, and he wants the best for us, and he wants to get us through tests and situations. Because tests is where we get refined. Um, So with a lot of the worship and the breaking of chains, I had a picture quite a while back, that you see, almost seven years ago, that I never shared. Um, I've thought of sharing it many times. I've just never done it. And this morning, it was something that came through. And it's a picture of all of us standing on a concrete block, and we're standing on the beach, and we see the tide is coming, but our hands are shackled behind our backs. And it made me realize that those shackles are broken. All we need to do is just look back in faith and see that they're broken, so we can step into the more of what God has for us. So keeping faith... Because without it in the in the desert, the battle and the war will only get harder.
0: I mean, thanks Chris. Isn't just amazing how how awesome the 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 past few weeks have been, if we look at Richard Renison's speech about the the simplicity of the gospel, even last week, Morris taught us, uh, you know, we must be devoted to the apostles' teaching, you know, focus on the main thing. And our Chris came and just encouraged it all, and he kind of backed it up, saying, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, we cannot but look to the cross. That is our our only remedy, our our only source of salvation is to focus on Jesus. And even this morning during worship, we had the breaking of chains. I really believe that the Lord is busy in our midst. As as Wellington AM, as as this congregation, the Lord is teaching us that we need to be devoted to Him. We must not allow, the Bible speaks about waves coming with different doctrines, and you can even add it to different external factors, you know, work and, and people and the world, and all of these things just, just blowing us this way and that way. But no, Jesus wants us to focus on Him this morning. He wants us to be devoted on Him this morning. He doesn't want the world to come and distort the picture that He has. And Chris put it so 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 easy for us to understand. We must just look. It's not our own ability. It's not, not that I am the best Christian that I can be. I read my Bible ten times a day. No. It is Jesus that saves. It is, it is Him hanging on a cross that, that allows us to be here. Amen? So can I quickly ask us just to stand quickly?
2: Um so yeah, just to add to this, yeah, thanks Chris. <laughs> I think you can um just um yeah, there's there's a lot of weight to this. This is something really that um that the Lord can just yeah. It it was his first time it was your first time preaching no huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, and and I think just for him to step out, it was a first step to be a to, to, to um, so yeah, well done. Thanks for stepping out in that, and I trust that there will be many more of these. Um, so yeah, so, but just um, just to add to that, is this um, Marcus um, there at the back? Yeah, he came to me during the worship, and maybe come share, Mar- Marcus. Um, just. I'm going to give over to Richard, and then we're going to close. But the, the, the same word that he shared, she also shared right now. So I just want to, maybe there's something that the Lord wants to do with that. So. More Afrikaans, I'll translate. <laughs> um, God has laid it on my heart, the woman that had issue with blood. Um, she had given up in the world. But when she heard Jesus does um, miracles, Her eyes was focused on Jesus, and she pushed the crowd. She just pushed and pushed until she touched his hand, and and she was healed. So I want to encourage you. Push, grab onto Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Um, And what is so cool, just what Chris said, just look. Her eyes were Fixed. On Jesus, and then um, and that's got just another angle that you want to add to that. Um, so, um,
1: yeah. You know, so I just felt like um, so the Lord has been journeying with me a lot about um, the lady pressing through the crowd and touching the name of Jesus' garment, and um, the one thing that really like stood out for me was the fact that Jesus turned around. And actually announced it to the crowd. It wasn't just like, you could have known that she was healed and just like walked away and like, okay, cool. But actually she turned around. And the commentary that, um, that I was working through literally read, not only did she find a cure for the first time in 12 years, but she actually found a friend. Um, and I really feel like the Lord this morning is highlighting that he's, he, it's great. Like by faith, we're focusing on him. And he's a friend. Um, he's there for life. He's not just a cure, but he wants to
2: be in a relationship with us.
0: Amen. Don't you want Jesus to be your friend? <laughs> Don't you want to be so so in love with Him that, that you just smile from ear to ear? And the Lord has done amazing things this morning. You know, with the breaking of chains, with the releasing of addictions, and, and even healing. You know, we're standing in the gap of fathers. And oh, what an amazing God do we serve. It's like the verse I read this morning. How often can we say, God, you are awesome. But now we can say, God, you are awesome. You are our friend. But I just want to quickly create an opportunity. If you, if you don't know Jesus as your friend, and you've been here this morning, and it's, it looked crazy, and it looked wild. But the Bible says that, Come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden. There's invitation this morning to come to Jesus. As Michael said, as a A said, you know, press through the crowd and you will find life. So can I ask with, with all the eyes closed, if, if there's someone here this morning that has never accepted Jesus in their life, but you feel that that tugging in your heart that that yo, I need to respond now. Would you be so bold to just quickly raise your hand so that I can see? If you've never responded to this word before. Won't you be so bold? Jesus wants to be your friend this morning. Just going to give it one more moment.